Hey everyone, I'm Erica Bazell, and in the over 10 years I've been in the health and wellness industry, I have become so passionate about all things wellness. I have a crazy love for learning and have devoted my career to sharing everything that I learned so that you can live your healthiest, most energized, highest vibe life. Each week I will share with you my thoughts on wellness, everything from fitness, nutrition, mental health, relationships, and more. Welcome to my confessions in whole body health. Hey everyone, I'm so glad that you are listening today. I'm super excited to have uh, my friend Carolyn here with me today as we're gonna talk a little bit about childhood cancer awareness. Um, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, so we're gonna talk just a little bit about uh, what that means and what's kind of going on in the world in that, in that department. So Carolyn, if you would like to introduce yourself and a little bit about you. Uh, sure. My name's Carolyn Woomer. I am a mom of two kids, one of whom is in heaven and, uh, you know, one of whom is living a few miles away from me and I just became a grandma. Um, yay! And I'm so, yay! I'm <laughs> so, so grateful that, Erica, that you're doing this because pediatric cancer is just something that people don't really want to think a whole lot about and um, you know and awareness is what really is eventually going to make a difference for so many kids and families so thank you so much for doing this yeah absolutely and it's it's so interesting because before encountering it with your family even I didn't really see so much about it but now that I have that awareness it I see it pop up more and more and that's such a scary thing mm -hmm. exactly so, and I feel the same way I was completely oblivious living in our happy little perfect bubble until the monster came knocking on our door yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that experience sure um well our son, Jedediah, um, we call him Jed, so I'll just refer to him as Jed um, from here out. He was just one of those really happy, easy kids. You know, he was finishing up his high school year. He was, uh, his whole senior year of high school, he kept having back pain that kept lingering all year. And I kept taking him to the doctor throughout his senior year of high school. And the doctor would say, oh, you know, Soccer just ended and swim just started, you know, try ice and heat and ibuprofen. He's overworking it. He's a lifeguard. He, he strains it. And, you know, a few times we took him back to the doctor and they just kept saying, you know, he's an athlete and this and that. Um, and finally, three weeks after he graduated high school, um, I took him to the doctor for the third time for this back pain that had been lingering and the test that they showed that day, finally that they, they ordered uh, an MRI and stuff, showed that he had a mass in his chest. And that eventually led to more tests, which led to us finding out that he had a, uh, a football-sized tumor in his chest cavity. And keep in mind, this is a kid who was captain of the swim team, an Eagle Scout, a lifeguard, lived a very healthy lifestyle. Um, at the time I was a, a health coach, growing our, you know, our garden in our backyard, ate mostly organic and boom. Yeah. Diagnosis of so cancer. Crazy. And by, 
yeah, by the time I found it, it had already metastasized to his lung. Um, so that was the beginning of our journey, July 2014. Um, I feel like I hear so often about different instances where people, you know, they're going to their doctor over and over again. They're like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. And it's like, mm -hmm. how can, like, how can this be missed? Like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I question that myself all the time and have a lot, obviously a lot of guilt over it. But, you know, it's, when you have a young, healthy, nine, well, 18-year-old at the time, that's one of the last things that they're going to really jump to. And I will say this, his pain would go away. It would be there, it would present itself, and then it would wane, and it would go away. So it seemed like ice and heat and ibuprofen, blah, 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 were helping and uh, making a difference. And obviously, we were just kind of masking the monster and putting a band-aid on things and uh, unfortunately allowing it to just grow. Sure. And what kind of experience did you have with, with the treatment? What's different for kids than maybe would be for an adult? Well, um, he had sarcoma, which is a pediatric cancer. And honestly, they, they, they had no idea how to treat him. First of all, pediatric cancer is horribly, shamefully underfunded. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of pediatric cancers. And all of pediatric cancer altogether gets less than 4% funding for research, which when you think of the year's loss of life and the fact that it's our children, it gets less funding than prostate cancer, which if someone's going to get prostate cancer, they're generally in their 60s, and it's really very survivable. So when we started this, um, we basically, they did not know how to treat him. They, they came to us, and they said um, he was in treatment at Roswell Park, and they came to us and said, we're hoping it's a Ewing's sarcoma because we have a protocol for that. A protocol is a treatment plan, and that was his best shot. And I will tell you the treatment for Ewing sarcoma is decades old. He had the same treatment that you would have had in the 50s. And I think that is absolutely despicable. Wow. But anyway, yeah, it turned out that um, as they began treatment, they said it, it wasn't reacting like a typical Ewing sarcoma. So they couldn't classify it as a Ewing sarcoma. At some point, they called it a poorly uh, excuse me, poorly differentiated soft tissue sarcoma. And then after he had surgery, they said they also found synovial sarcoma cells. So to this day, we, we literally do not know what sarcoma he had because that's how underfunded it is. It's not researched. And yeah, so there's no name uh, ultimately for the monster that took our son, quite honestly. Wow, that is so crazy. I mean, it's, it's so hard. interesting. It, it, it's so hard to believe that we have, you know, there's always so much talk about cancer research and all of this stuff. And it's like, how does this just like get almost forgotten about in comparison? Um, I think that a lot of it is they want to use their money you know, whether it's, it's fundraisers or the NIH, whatever, people like to have good success. So 
leukemia and lymphoma in children has a very, uh, I shouldn't say a very good, but it has a much better success rate now, survival rate, because that's where a lot of the money does go, because there's a good shot that you're going to be able to treat kids. I called St. Jude's, and I have always been a huge supporter of St. Jude's. I called St. Jude's to see if they would take Jed, um, if we could get some help from them, and I never even got a phone call back. And I know that's because his prognosis was so bad. So it's, it's, it's been very enlightening to see, you know, they like to use the cute little children's pictures for mm-hmm. donations and, and to, you know, you know, to raise funds. People don't want to think about the young man who, you know, fully knows what's going on. He knew what he was facing. It's not like mommy's arms makes everything better anymore. So, uh, yeah, so St. Jude's never even gave me a call back. And I think a lot of it, it, St. Jude's does tend to take kids that they know have a good chance of living. And I get they only have a very limited number of beds. They want to save kids' lives. But unfortunately, when you have something like sarcoma, which is really pretty, it's, I'm not going to say it's a death sentence, but it is very, very rare to have someone survives sarcoma, and if they do, it almost always comes back. And I don't know if that's why it's so horribly underfunded. I mean, sarcoma, on top of it being a pediatric cancer, pediatric cancer is very underfunded to begin with. Then Mm -hmm. add to that that sarcoma, it's even less funded uh, because it does have such a poor prognosis. And like I said, his treatment options have not changed in decades, decades. Now, a few years has passed. Has there been any, like, developments that you know of since then? Absolutely zero. And I can tell you, he did not die of cancer. He had what the surgeon called miraculously successful surgery. Um, He went to the top surgeon in New York City, Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York City, and they said that the tumor plopped out like a melon and that he had years of life ahead of him. And he died 46 hours later as a result of the damage that was done to his heart from chemo and radiation. The treatment is what killed him. I can also tell you that he does not count, our son's death does not count towards pediatric cancer death statistics because ultimately, he died of heart failure. Um, so that does not go towards the death statistics that get put out there. His death certificate is blank by cause of death. There isn't even a cause of death on his death certificate. So that's just like another blow, another thing to say, well, they just don't know what to make of this. And they, money doesn't get put towards answers and solutions. Wow. What are some of the things that you have done since Jed passed to help raise awareness and to help spread the word? Well, even though it was for St. Jude's, a friend of mine was having a little fundraiser. We did a walk and we just set up a, a little table up at the river and stuff and, you know, just kind of had posters and signs out and tried to raise awareness. We had some pamphlets and whatnot. So we've done little things like that. 
I have been very fortunate to work a lot with the Punt Foundation. And we do a lot of, I do, I, I tell Jed's story a lot at different fundraisers. Some of the funds raised go towards the families, the, the kids, some activities and whatnot. But what they, the Punk Foundation also does is they support the families with things like grocery store gift cards, gas gift cards. They even have like mini wish granting, I don't know what you would call it, um, a little wish granting thing that they do. They also do put some of their money towards um, research. I also have worked with a little bit the Joseph Ahmed Foundation. They raise funds strictly for sarcoma research. And they raise hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's just a family that is taking it upon themselves. That's how money gets raised for pediatric cancer research and sarcoma research is kids sell lemonade. Moms and dads sell candy bars. They have galas, they have parties, have basket raffles. It's not coming from the National Institutes of Health. It's not coming from the government. You know, it's, it's families that have already been dealt the cruelest blow now doing their best to, you know, keep things on their radar. And of course, I try to post things, especially in September. And I know it's difficult and it probably gets redundant for a lot of people, but, you know, I do my best to try to have people see the harsh reality of if you are a child in America that gets cancer today, your chances, unless it's leukemia or lymphoma, which I'm not saying that's an easy path at all, you're not going to be getting a lot different treatment than you would have decades ago. Mm -hmm. Are there really any big organizations besides St. Jude and even the Punt Foundation, like for child cancer? Um, well, you know, everything is, I would say, more specialized as far as, you know, there's the Punk Foundation does more of the psychosocial type of things where they're really trying to support the families. They also mm -hmm. are very, very few organizations that I know of. The only one that I personally know of that actually does something for bereaved families. Because I can tell you that when you are in the battle, there is so much support. There's Carly's Club and there's, you know, different activities and you know, people rally around you. And Jed was so, we were so, so blessed. And people, meals showed up at our door and people had fundraisers. And sadly, once your child dies, that falls away. And it's, it's another loss, really, of that, that support that you get. And the Pun Foundation has bereavement breakfasts. They have a bereavement weekend every year. Um, so that's one of the things that we're so grateful they do. Of course, St. Jude, you know, they, um, they're cutting edge. They do a lot of, um, you know, things that a lot of other hospitals don't have the knowledge maybe or the equipment and whatnot. Most of the organizations, though, that do any kind of pediatric cancer research are individual organizations. There's not that I know of, like a clearinghouse or a place where they all really get together. 
So I always personally put my money towards Punt Foundation and the Joseph Ahmed Foundation because they do specifically for sarcoma research, which of course is where my heart really lies. Absolutely. And what could people do to help spread awareness or to help contribute to finding better research out there for childhood cancer? I would say, especially if there's a particular cancer that's touched, you know, your life, someone, you know, like a neighbor had a brain tumor, someone, you know, had a Wilms tumor, whatever, you know, you can always Google foundations that do research for those specific cancers. Like I said, I, I like to support the Joseph Ahmed Foundation because they, you know, all of their money, 100%, goes towards sarcoma research, which is so important to me. So I would say, you know, look for what, what matters to you. But even just something as simple as Facebook, social media is such an important tool. You know, look, Google or search for different you know, childhood cancer, childhood cancer statistics, just start educating yourself. It's out there. It's not hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. Check my name on Facebook and you'll see <laughs> lots of um, statistics and graphs, infographics and stuff. If anybody wants some info on my Facebook page, there's tons of stuff right now. If you just scroll back because every day I've been posting something. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I look, I see them every single day and it's just, each one is like more almost shocking than the last. Like, I can't believe that, that this is really there. Yeah, that, that Americans spend 20 times more a year on potato chips than pediatric cancer. Yeah. You know, uh, things like that, you know, Starbucks, same thing. Uh, the money that we just don't think about, myself included, you know, throwing away, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot. If everybody did a little bit, the change it could make is huge. You know, Alex's Lemonade Stand is another organization that's, you know, a, a good one. And then there's something called ACCO, which is the American Childhood Cancer Organization. They do a lot of, they do a lot of good stuff too. I know I kind of got off track with, you know, focusing on PUNT and the Joseph Ahmed Foundation, but those are two other really good organizations as well. No, absolutely. Perfect. And I'll make sure I include um, some links and stuff um, in the show notes. Is there anything mm -hmm. else that you'd like to share with us? I would just say um, I will leave a little bit of what I feel Jed's legacy is, which is, you know, it was such a small part of his life, cancer. He had an exactly eight months to the day battle. And so if anybody thinks of the name Jed or Jedediah, I don't want you to think about cancer. I want you to think about laughter and goofiness and joy and adventure because that's his legacy. He was so much more than cancer. And that's the case with every single one of these kids that, you know, has the monster chase them, you know, cancer ends up defining who they are. And it's, that's not right. There's so much more than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you.